Welcome, everybody, to Last Night Recap. My name is Kurt, and I'm joined by our three hosts. How are you doing over there, guys? We're doing good, I doing think. Good. That's Johan. Yeah, we actually had a really interesting week uh, here. We had the Swedish version of Bex. Um, and it was quite nice, actually, to listen to fresh ideas and, and people coming together and trying to solve the puzzle of school and education for the world. No, not really, but for Sweden. Mm-hmm. So, what's, what's um, it called? Set. set. So it's, yeah, instead of British E-T-T, it's yeah. Swedish E-T-T. I see what they've done there. That's, that's pretty oh, funny. That's, uh, it's very brilliant, creative. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, see what's I hear other voices <laughs> over there too. Is that you, Matt? Hey, yeah. How you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, um, yeah, uh, you were a busy person this week, uh, but um, I won't say too much about that yet. It, it's been a yeah, it's been a busy week. It's it's good to be Friday. Good to be chatting to you guys. Yeah, and you, Martin, you should be over there too. I am indeed. Yes. Uh, hi guys, how's everybody doing? We're good. How's the weather? Yeah, it's <laughs> all fine. Oh, here we all go. fine here. Yeah, uh, still on Easter break, so. Even though Easter isn't for another week and a half or ten days, but you know, let's have Easter break and go back to school before Easter takes place. All right. What else do we have coming up? Uh, Martin, could you run over the Emmaus chat? Give us a little preview of what happened this week. Well, I think the the pressing question that we all need to start with is a uh, hashtag Where's Kurt? Oh yeah, oh. that's good too. That's good too. Well, I'll give you two clues, like. The subway just came by, so you might hear it from time to time. Okay. And it's been referred to as like some kind of fruit. Mm. The big peach. Uh, cryptic. Very cryptic. <laughs> You're such a... Um... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we get it. It's Chicago, definitely. The overhead train. The big yeah? apricot. No, it's yeah. not Chicago. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, that's good. So how's New York? Yeah, good. And actually, more specific in Brooklyn. Oh, Brookline. Yeah. So what's happening there? Um, there's some uh, new Today at Apple workshops that I wanted to try out. And um, from home base Philadelphia, it's only a short ride on the train or on the bus. And then you're there. And, and then you make a nice weekend out of it. Oh, that's nice. brilliant. So let's see, before I can jump into that weekend, what are we going to talk about? And I don't know if I have to ask the question to Martin or to Matt, because both of you were very active on this one, with Matt I think, having a highlight on it. I <laughs> think, Martin, you're running your, your section, aren't you, as normal, and um, we'll, we'll harass uh, Matt, I think, or is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So um, this week in EMEA, we actually had Matt and a couple of his uh, BA primary education students um, hosting a tweet on revision tools using the iPad. And I can tell you without um, giving too much away that for the EMEA side of things, this was our busiest tweet, uh, busiest uh, uh, Apple Edu chat in a long, long time. It was a really sort of well-visited, well-attended and just well-discussed um, chat so hats off to Matt and his and his group for putting together a, a really sort of good good chat there was some absolutely excellent excellent questions that sparked a lot of debate 
Was that all mm-hmm. those uh, students who wanted extra credits for the end of the school year, Matt? <laughs> they're they're <laughs> actually uh, the the three students that help keep it going are all final year students. They're looking for jobs, actually. So, oh. all, well, not all of them. I'll let uh, a little bit more on that a bit later. He so must have a good group, though. Twitter job interviews. I must say. Up. They, they're uh, they, this this group of students are are absolutely fantastic. To be honest, they've they've engaged in Twitter chats for the full three years they've been on the course. Um, they've hosted chats for the last three years as well. Um, they they are an absolute credit to the um, to the university. Actually, oh brilliant! Good Great to hear. Stuff. Looking yeah, forward just... to that. And before we start with that one, um, a little teaser of what's going to come at the Americas one, which was a the first bilingual. Um, chat all about making differentiation possible i'm not going to even try to do it in spanish um <laughs> but you can you can read the the tweets out there um so before we dive into that let's go and listen to what matt and um his students had to say great stuff okay we're at point in the show where it's time to hear the dulcet Scottish tones telling you about what happened during hashtag Apple EduChat EMEA. This week, as we've said, we had Matt and his students uh, giving us a great chat on revision tools for iPads. Um, the first thing that I want to chat about is just the EMEA tweet of the week, which this week came from Hamish Mac, which is at Mr. MacFeet. And he said he I champion any revision that engages students with their learning and gets them to rethink, revisit, evaluate their understanding, then create. There are so many opportunities for this using tech, which I thought was just a great sort of uh, tweet to kind of sum up everything that we are trying to do, regardless of the device, the topic or the situation. Mm. You guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, listening to all of the, the, the conversation in the chat, I think, you know, we'll we'll develop that a little bit later on. But I think what he's hit on there is he's kind of doing more than what might traditionally be revision, i.e. they're just rereading through stuff. Yeah. I think the usage of it, you know, he, he, I know you can't see the tweet, but he, he puts the, the whole create element in capitals. And I think, you know what he's saying there to, to point out is that it's not just about reading it it's about doing something with it because actually we know that working with students when they get creative with stuff it shows that they really understand it so mm, definitely and i yeah, think that's exactly. the key point that you you put there that they need to do something else with it to yeah. really show that they understand it you can always like have a comment on it but when you reuse that that's when you show proper understanding i i think yeah. you're spot on matt with that yeah yeah i think one of the things i was um trying to, to or one of the things i saw come across was a lot of people when they're talking about revision still think of the traditional term and when they're looking at revision using the ipad they're just looking at a way that kids can research find the information use the information they're not necessarily thinking about how that information or how that knowledge is being used or how the pupils are sharing that understanding of that. So it, it, it kind of jumped out, just as Matt was saying, that we're, we're actually trying to see how the kids, you know, their understanding of it definitely comes across in a way that's 
more meaningful if they can if they can reapply that knowledge and it's something that it's something that comes up in a lot of discussions that we have is the application of the knowledge rather mm -hmm. than the rather than the reciting of facts i mean i can i can get kids to recite facts left right and center but that doesn't necessarily mean they understand it yeah um, yeah yeah we have a if i direct translate from swedish we have something called build upon uh, i don't know if it that um uh, resonates with you guys yeah. but mm -hmm. they yeah, can definitely. build upon something I, I don't know i just direct translated it so if you can use that and then go further that's a really good sign of you understood it or actually the first work was really well done so you can really understand it as well so it's a good quality check for the first first work that actually was done uh, yeah. and i like that that's all about that like not saying no but um because then you're not yes. really listening that feels like that kind of uh, similar approach yeah, yeah. Uh, in a in a more direct sense because no but is more a philosophical sense i think and a much broader sense but it's the same thing Mm -hmm. Okay, so what question came out, Martin? What did you pick for this week? Yeah, I um, I, I went quite early on with this, Kurt. I went with uh, question number two, um, where Matt and his students asked... What Not number think? three? No, I didn't go with three. <laughs> three see, Sorry. I'm, I'm, I, listen, I know what makes a good podcast, and to mix it up is to, you know, if, you know I, I hate to fall into like a, a pigeonhole of, of uh, any sorts. By the way, have I mentioned shortcuts at all this episode? Not yet. Okay. No, not yet. But we're okay. really excited for it. Stay tuned. Okay. Um, you should yeah. empower that shortcut. Yeah, skill. power of shortcuts. That's it. That's it. Matt's empowered. I am very empowered. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Let's go. Let's get going. That's all right. So the question I went with was, what are the benefits or shortcomings of using the iPad as a revision tool? And I've got sort of four tweets here that I think really kind of uh, a kind of scope of answers. The first one is from. Ian McKenzie, which is at McKenzie CRMS on Twitter. And he says the benefits as a revision tool are the variety of markup tools, voice memos, photographic and video evidence, drawing on documents, and it's much easier to give feedback than on a Mac. Downside is that any paper-free workflow requires a lot of structure and organization. Um, and I think I, I was just kind of thinking about this because I've had a lot of conversations this week about using, you know, iPad, an iPad only or an iOS only lifestyle. And this sort of paper-free workflow, this this way of working on your device really has to be, really has to be thought about. Um, and I, I know, Matt, you you had replied and sort of agreed with that point that that knowing how you're moving between the apps and where you're organizing the work is really, is really important because you don't want any evidence to be lost. Yeah, I think if you're going to invest the time an effort in this it needs to be something that's fairly robust and you know i think every week so far we've talked about this idea of getting everything structured and organized and and you know we've said in the past about having it involved you know this this isn't mm. really something that you go uh single-minded at it's definitely something that you you build so everybody's on the same page really so do you think that sharing part then if we have a structure is a missing thing in files at the moment I mean, you can share by airdrop and all of that, but if you compare that to sharing just a link to a file or having access to a folder that you could share with um, with students would be easier. 
yeah, definitely. I mean, one one of the questions um, that we we had was about collaborative um, workloads and and revision in collaborative ways, and that did come up quite a bit in terms of like shared notes. And you know, we 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 have a shared note for for the prep that goes into this, you know, because it's it's a great way for us to kind of share ideas and stuff. And I think that, um, you know, when you build up that portfolio of work over a year that you, you're doing work around and, and you want to share uh, content that people have seen from different angles, I think that would be a really useful tool to have. Um, so, yeah. Do you think that that might be then a, a mindset that we have? Um, from working in, in like a Google environment where we're so used to sharing a link to a folder or a document and where now we have to more think of, I'm creating a piece of work and I will invite the people who I feel that are going to give me a feedback on it. I think so. Yeah, I think it's, I think there's a, there's a level of, there's a level of a learning curve here that's maybe more for the teacher than it is for the pupil. Um, certainly the way that, that, that I approach this is still thinking, right, if I'm sending someone uh, a file, you know, the way that you share from files just now is a, a kind of an, an older way of doing it. It's almost like attaching a document to an email. You're sending a, a copy of the file, whereas if you go into notes or pages or any of the iWork suite of apps and you choose to do collaboration, then you're mm -hmm. letting the people that you want to see in so that you can approach this task, maybe get feedback, track changes, all of this type of thing. So I think we're, we're kind of in this middle ground just now where we're, we're kind of doing part of one and part of the other. And I think it's more, it's, it's, it is more of a shift of mindset. And I think the, the students are maybe more of that mindset because they're so used to sharing things instantly and getting feedback on it right away that I think the, the learning curve when it comes to revision and how we approach revision is more how we actually approach the task and how we, we invite pupils to approach the task. And I think it's really important if you do a proper um, sharing through documents, so you use the apps, because the apps contain a lot of uh, special features that you can use when you collaborate. And if you do it right within, for example, pages or, or something like that, you can use all these, um, not only text, comments, also animations, all, all of these things. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, quite important that we we start doing that full out in, instead of just sharing uh, a, a link to something that is really not within the app. So there's a strength in the apps. Uh, do you understand what I'm trying to... Yeah, definitely. To, the power, to, the power to, of the apps is really what makes yeah, it so the selling point of it. Yeah. If you can do it properly, you can actually use all of these films, voice, video, animations, all of that. And I think that's a strength in that. And it's, uh, we have to switch to that really uh, Which fast one right would you now. pick then, Johan? Um, would you pick pages or numbers um, to like gather all these? Like, because the, one of the, the answers <clears throat> was voice memos, photographs, video, drawing. Um, and if I narrow that down, I, I end up with pages, keynote or numbers as some um, kind of like i would say portfolio but that's a everyone gives yeah. that a different um, definition i'm definitely with you on that one i would use i don't mind uh, if it's pages numbers or keynote uh, in the end i would end up in some of those three i would not use any other um if i want to do it properly 
um, maybe like we do notes for certain things, but in the end, I would narrow it down to these three and I would stick to Apple uh, because they uh, actually can do everything. When I tried it with, uh, for example, Google or Microsoft, they're really good products, but I, I think in the end, uh, these three for the, I, the, the old iWork is the one that works the best yeah. with um, all of these animation, film, uh, voice, video, and you got GarageBand and iMovie that can su support you. So that's what I would do. But we know that all across the world right now, uh, a lot of people use this, uh, the other two. And I think um, you should actually properly have a look at iWork uh, if you haven't done it before. Yeah. So give but it a try. It, it's going to open your eyes, I think. Yeah, that's I'm, a, I'm not a wise talking to you, and, and you guys. I'm, I'm talking to the other guys. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah. I, like yeah. wise, wise feedback. Um, and we heard one of the answers now. Martin, what else was on that chat? Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna call out just one more, and it's actually from a, a ADE class of 2019. It's Christopher Flynn. Um, I'm not gonna try and butcher his username, but it's at, and I think it's Muntor Chris, which is M I M U I N T E O I R Chris on uh, Twitter. I think that's uh, Gallic. That was or... uh, spelling vowels with Martin. Yeah, it was. I know. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, and the problem is it's in Scottish, so I don't even know if we can really understand it anyway. Well, this so is actually in Irish, so it's a bit different. Oh, Irish. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but he said what, Martin? Yeah, what? so there's huge benefits, but I uh, feel they can only be fully utilized in one-to-one. -one. Students are restricted to school-based revision unless they own a device. We'd love to see more uptake of one-to-one -one in the future. Some students uh, also just prefer to hold the paper for revision. Again, I think that's maybe a mindset type of thing. Um, I think if you're mm. if you're waiting for one to one and you're holding and you're you're sort of saying that you can't use one to one, uh, you can't use revision tools on the iPad because you're not one to one. You're, I, I'm not saying I disagree with him, but I think if you always wait for one to one, you could be waiting a long time because it, it's not always going to be achievable for schools. And it's certainly not right away. You have to make the best of what you you have in front of you, and there are certainly a lot of options there. Shared I think, I think Martin, there's, there's also, you know, revision Revision doesn't always take place in, in school, does it? It's at home. So exactly. understanding yeah. what, what devices children or their family might have at home um, is, is always going to have an impact. And if it's mum or dad's or brother or sister's iPhone that you can borrow for, for 20 minutes, half an hour to do some revision, you know, I think there's that link with home to understand what, what do people have at home. I think would be useful. Absolutely. Yeah, normally you think about if you have a device at home, normally the, the systems that we're working on, they are free. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's not the problem. So Matt. that's a, a sort of a very brief recap of uh, Matt's and his students' uh, revision tools for iPad chat. As always, the recap for this is on Wakelet, and uh, you can find the link to that on Miriam Walsh's Twitter, and she's at Mercy Walsh. Okay, guys? Great. Yeah. Brilliant. For, uh, for the next one, let's see what happens. Something closely to that, talking about differentiation at the Americas, and that'll be up after this jingle. hearing this then you're at the next part of the show welcome to the recap of the america's chat and this week was all about differentiation in the classroom 
um, picking out the America's Chat of the Week or Tweet of the Week came from Sam J.K. Neal, who said, when my classroom role shifted with true data-driven, individualized learning, I pictured myself in a driver's ed teacher, and I was in the passenger seat letting my students drive, but keeping an eye on where they were headed and how they got there. And that was the ultimate thing for her. And I also learned something at, which I want to call out as the hashtag of the week um, called anticipation guides. And um, that was all by using uh, numbers. And to switch it up, I did not take question number three or four either, Martin. Um, I didn't go with question two, but on the audition, the most uh, tweets came out of that first question, which was, how do you differentiate instruction to respond to every student's needs? Um, before I, I throw in an, an answer, I want to know your guys, like, what are your opinions on this? How do you differentiate using uh, technology for, for every student's needs? And then it went really quiet. I know. No one, you know I'll, I'll read one if you want to. I'll, I'll read one. Um, uh, I think, Kurt, you know what, I'll be honest there. I don't know if I do enough. Um, and and I don't know whether that's because I rely on the fact that everyone speaks English. Um, although we have a lot of students that are Welsh first language students. And, and do I do enough to support those? So I'd have to say and hold my hands up and say, I don't think I do. Yeah. I, I support, um, you know, bilingual learners enough um, and, and should do. So hopefully I'm, I'm going to learn from this little chat now as well. Yeah. well I'll tell you the answer from, from oh. Sam, um, who, who made a beautiful overview of numbers. Um, and and there's, she shared some screenshots. And that came from um, pre-assessment is key to identifying students' individual academic needs. Mm -hmm. And at Coach Keogh, that's K-E-O-G-H, and I are loving this collaboration with our biology team using numbers to provide individualized learning tracks. Uh, relationships are a must as well. So that's where that personalized learning came in. And mm -hmm. that brought some other uh, listeners to something I want to throw at you guys, which is almost like he who shall not be uh, uh, said anymore. Um, iTunes U and Laurie Duran, who's at, at create, that's at C-R-E-8-R-T, said she delivers content still with um, iTunes U. And, and I was really happy that she put it out there because um, mm -hmm. we asked about that last year, Martin. And yeah, um, it's still there. But that's everything said, I think. What do you guys think? I love iTunes U. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we use it. We use it a lot. Um, but it's something that I worry about trying to champion um, in the institution, because if you push it to to be something which is really going to benefit everybody and everyone invests a lot of time into it and then it disappears. There's a bit of egg on your face in terms of that, you know, championing something that that's time and effort. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've really done quite a bit around student portfolios and I suppose linking back to the, the EMEA chat around revision mm -hmm. and having something that you can access and in your own time. And, you know, it's, it, it's been a great app. Um, and yeah, who, who knows where it's going? But, but isn't that the point, Matt? That you just need something that can actually you that can support what you're saying in in, for example, several different languages or or several different ways. So if you choose to 
say something, there's a video that supports yeah. it and things like that. And also to go back in your own time. And that's really the importance of a system. Yeah. Even though it's, uh, we think that iTunes U has done that for a very long time for, and really well, that's the point of it. So if there is a system that you can find that does it really well, that's the point of it. Yeah. What would you replace that with then? Would that be pages? Oh, like turning it, going from I, a course to a book? Yeah, I would do a book right now because that's the, that's the really the pathway that I can see right now. Because but is that, school... is that as easy though, Johan? That, this no, is my thing. So I, I, I don't think so. Yeah, if I no, go back to my earlier point about supporting students with, with languages and stuff. Yeah. You know, that, that's exactly the point. I can create a course. Um, and then when I find resources to support people in slightly different ways, I can just chuck it in there. And, and there's already kind of a structure to that course, and then this just builds on it. And you, know, yeah, you hit it there, right? Yeah, the, that, yeah. The, the structure yeah. part is what I loved about iTunes, or love about iTunes U. Yeah. I don't know if there's another app out there um, from Apple, um, be it numbers or pages, the first ones that come to mind, that can replace that. I mean, if you can do right now, you in pages you can do like um, what do you call it? Uh, so you have an table content. Table content yeah. that actually links to a page, and then you can do it really fast. And then uh, there could be a living document. You Otherwise, you could do it in a book. But the problem with books are they can really fast change it, but then you have to really post it again or, or yeah. publish it again. And that's the problem. So it's not instant. But you can do it in pages. That's what I see right now. Sometimes it's just you want to upload, you know, here's a very bit of reading that I found, and I just want to chuck this into a course and it notify people, you know, Matt's just uploaded a, a great resource that you should take a look at. Yeah, I mean, that, that's you all could... I want. You know, it's do I want to have to format a whole book in order to do that, publish the book, and then hope people download the update? And you know, I'm, I've no. already listed three hurdles before that thing gets you, to the end user. You could do it with Schoolworks, but then you don't have that structure that you have in iTunes in in um, Schoolworks. But otherwise, you have all other systems. Um, like Is that where a seesaw comes in. Could maybe. be, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Seesaw or Shobi are the two, are the two kind of main obvious ones. If that you it... want apps, otherwise you've got like uh, Google or Microsoft systems, but yeah, they are not... The website, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't like them. Slack. What I like about iTunes U is that it's like a book, so every, all brains really understand it and, it, and how it goes. Um, the other ones are more like blogs, so it's it's hard to reproduce really fast and and keep it uh, nice and tidy. Yeah, that's I think is the strength of iTunes U. Yeah, and, um, and talking about building that, um, one of the answers that came in there um, was about UDL, um, Universal Design of Learning, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and that ties for me back to um, the EMEA chat. And uh, the answer that we got there was when I hear differentiate. I think about hashtag UDL, um, providing multiple means of engagement, representation, and action and expression. This loosely translate in, translates into accessible content learned through inquiry and assessed creatively. And I thought that was really important, like designing yeah. for the learners and, and not just designing for the sake of design. Mm. 
No, I mean, that's, uh, I think, is everything uh, that you have to think about if you're a teacher in your design. And I think the uh, design of your your lesson, the design of how you deliver um, your content or didactic uh, ideas and all of that. So I, I think you always have to think of that. So it's a really proper, um, what do you say, a point. Is that something, Matt, that you and your students um, focus on? Designing, designing of how you present the information. Yeah, we we did quite a bit in science um, around like creating science journals um, and creating certainly using the new books feature in pages, something which can act as a template for lots of learners to access in different ways. Um, you know, do the same thing in numbers because it just allows everybody to have the same thing but to enter it at different levels we have i have big discussions with with the students about differentiation and the second you kind of create a resource which is specifically for a, a high learner or a low learner or whatever the language is in, in your country you almost put a ceiling on what they're capable of doing um yeah. i think what what we found when we used to make our science journals was there's no end point because they can add as many pages as they want and sometimes just that one page to show a bit of a layout and, and we go back to that kind of design element of you know these are the things that need to be here but then there's blank pages where they can go and to to what extent they want to just means that you who knows what that child is capable of doing but you've opened up the page um to allow them to do whatever they need to do so yeah we we, we talk about it quite a bit in university uh, oh, that's good to know yeah. that but if you think there, and actually, if you think about it in, in, in even higher or when you try to publish something, there's a design language, uh, even in science or in anything else. So within a journal or, or a scientific journal, there's a structure of how you actually formulate what you want to say. So it's really fast for a, another scientist to, to actually get your results in one way, your, your discussion in another way. So there's a there's actually a language of design when it comes to science or, or any sciences. So it doesn't need to be, uh, you know, um, traditional science. It can be social science yeah. or psychology. There's a structure so we can really fast understand what someone is saying. And that's quite important, I think. Um, and it should be really further down as well. Um, so everyone learns that. Mm -hmm. Great. I, I heard Martin say at the beginning of the show that he's been um, been um, running solo on a podcast, and we'll have a talk about that later, Martin. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to know because you you mentioned talking about productivity. Are there any like wise words that came from people who are creating content just on on the iPad? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's looking at what you're wanting to achieve at the end of it. It's it's this kind of way if you. If you just kind of do it as you're as you're working through, if you know how you're going between the apps and what the, you know what the, end goal looks like, you know, um, one of the the main examples I can think of, just sort of going back to Matt's, um, Matt's point about pupils creating or his students already creating um learning journals and pages, we actually do that with with uh, my pupils in primary six. We we look at using pages to create a, a portfolio of coding. And it's a, a way that they can evidence the, the learning that they're taking place with in um, Everyone Can Code. So whenever, whenever certainly for me, whenever I'm creating something on, on iOS, whether it's in pages, 
numbers are key. You know, I think about the the end goal. What do I want the metric to look like? What do I want the the strategic idea, the whole the holistic approach? What do I want that to look like as I as I finish? And you know, cloud storage file, you know, organizing your files, organizing where everything is stored is really really important as well. I think that sums it up really nicely, Martin. Um, I'm I'm not gonna take the listeners too long because. I am very excited to hear what Matt came up with. And if we have people calling in for questions, but the jingle, it's my biggest mm. thing to look forward to. So right. when we come back, we'll see if Matt made a jingle or, or if it's going to be acoustic. <laughs> so see you soon, guys. Thanks. <laughs> I think that deserves a big applause. That does. There we are. Wow, Max has been quite busy this week. <laughs> that was all Max. Quality. Quality. Three students he mentioned, I think. No. <laughs> no, that was me. Actually. Well, congratulations. Nice Thank you very much. Okay, so guys, welcome to Questions with Matt. The uh, certainly my favourite part of the show, um, and definitely. Uh, definitely Martin's as well. Um, anyway, let's, let's get going with, with some questions. We had uh, Scott Han, uh, Mr. Han USW, uh, called us in a little bit earlier and left us this first question. Hi, guys. It's Scott here from South Wales. First of all, can I just say fantastic podcast. Keep up the really great work. My question for you is what impact have you seen in the classroom from using technology to support revision? Okay, great start. Thanks for that. So just to recap then, guys, what impact have you seen in the classroom using technology to support revision? Martin, I'm going to chuck it straight to you. Yeah, um, I, you know, I kind of echo back to what uh, Hamish was saying at the start. I like to see what the pupils are doing creativity-wise, seeing how they can apply their knowledge. And that's certainly something I even did when I was uh, teaching maths. Um, so seeing the, the pupils being able to take some of the facts that they know and one that really springs to mind recently has been um, the Jacobites. So to um, to get the pupils to showcase what they knew about the Jacobites, mm-hmm. um, they created a animation in Keynote that shows the march of the Jacobites going from uh, Glenfinnan up in the, uh, the the northwest of Scotland all the way down to the Battle of Preston Pans outside Edinburgh. So seeing them use the, the voiceover tools in Keynote to kind of recite some of the key facts and information without going back to their without going back to their jotters, without going back to the, the sort of the work that they've done just to see what they could recite off the top of their heads, but also utilize their, their digital skills to tell a story in a different way. So um that's that's had a huge impact. Yeah, good that's one. History, right? Anything to yeah. or Kurt, anything to add in there guys? Um, I've, I've seen it from um, like an assistant principal or from a leadership point of view um, more than, than, um, than from a student point of view. So when someone does classroom visits, um, I think it, it's great to have that instant like clips and taking a video and then giving feedback immediately. And if, if an assistant principal or principal has some kind of template and pages and then delivers a book to you where there's a table with a checklist um, at, or a quick drawing of your classroom setup, um, some pictures to highlight um, good teaching and learning. Yeah. Um, I see it from that point of view. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, 
I, I just seen some beautiful examples of that and that's why I wanted to highlight it. Yeah, we've done that a little bit. I mean, going back to iTunes U before, we, we had shared journals with, with students and we'd ask them to just film five minutes of their lesson or have their mentor film five minutes of their lesson just so they could review themselves and then we'd have a conversation in iTunes U just through text, just having a conversation about things that they thought worked well and things that they, they would improve on. But, you know, just a really useful tool. But I love that idea, Kurt, you were saying there about, you know, having a pet, having a book that you could share with them where you could maybe use some of the drawing tools. We talk a lot about positioning in the room um, and great to just sort of draw a map of where, where were people stood throughout yeah. the session and share that. It just them. gives it that personal approach. Yeah, it's really nice. And it's easy to document. Um, instead of saying, um, I wrote something down on a piece of paper because yeah. I saw a moment in a lesson. Yeah, exactly. But if you yeah. can like shoot a little video or, or just a picture of what was happening, yeah. then that, that feedback is so much better. Yeah, really nice. Okay, let's move on to uh, Scott's second question then. My second question is, what needs to be done to encourage more schools to use technology in this way? Okay, nice. So what needs to be done to encourage more schools to use technology in this way? That's a that's a good one. Johan, we didn't hear from you on the last one. Any, any <laughs> thoughts on that? What, what do you think needs to be done to encourage more schools to use technology for revision purposes? Oh, um, that's a hard one, actually. Um, You're in charge of, of change in Sweden, Johan, so you should know this one. Yeah, I am, actually. <laughs> so... Um, I mean, I'm I'm a bit. Maybe this is a boring uh, answer, but I always, always, when I talk to um, teachers or principals and everything, I always try to um, come down to that they need to use it, even though they don't like it or if they like it. Do you mm. understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So they they see the needs in using it because they see the strength and and what it gives to the students and uh, what you can do more than just with not using technology. Yeah. Does that make, make sense in a way? Because then it's objective. So it's not subjective, even though if you say like, I don't like, uh, sometimes um, I can go back to myself. Sometimes the development of all these electronics and, and digital things scares me, me a bit personally, even though I like it. Because I have a son, yeah, and I don't know where it's gonna go, but, but I gonna... know, I know that I need to prepare him the best way I can do, because it's gonna happen. Even though I don't, I can't really control that. But is That's... is that about sharing like positive uses of it? Is that how yes. we can get? So, I'll, and I'll, that's I'll how you do it. You talking there about your son? So something that I've done with my son, um, he was he was using the everyone can create guides and kind of as a revision tool and to demonstrate what he's learnt and something for him to reflect back on later down the line, he decided that he wanted to make his own book about how he was learning from the Everyone Can Create books. Yeah, And then correct. he published the book. And now he can look back at that book and think, oh, yeah, I remember when I was, you know, sketching uh, patterns and I was doing graffiti art and all of those things. Um, yeah. And then by sharing that, I had a conversation with, with a school today, actually, showing them this is is a great way for, for you to reflect on what you've achieved you know we talk about revision it's not just about revision for an exam but revision in your own skill development as well to talk about self-esteem look where you were and look where you are now and look where you will look where your journey's taking you and i think the more we share that i suppose as educators the more schools will 
exactly as you said, Johan, see the benefit beyond it's just technology. Yeah, I think yeah. what we should do is is not to um, like put too much emphasis on on uh, a certain thing that we're doing. Um, I just recently was in a creativity workshop, and um, one of the challenges that we got was to make music with the um, objects on the table. So um, I pulled out my iPad and and started recording them in uh, GarageBand, and then uh, put them together. And people still looked at me as if. I brought in something strange um, <laughs> where if, if we start using technology as a normal thing um, and, and I don't know the last time you opened up a map when you were in the car, you know, in the glove compartment, you had those foldable things that you couldn't <laughs> fold again afterwards. Uh, but <laughs> nowadays, GPSs are built in and it's because they're built in that people started using them. So mm-hmm. instead of pointing it out as a, as a special thing or anomaly, um, I think using that and giving not even good examples, but just using it and showing it would be the better way of doing that. Yeah. So I, I listened to a presentation. I'm probably going to butcher this, but, but um, the, the idea was it was a nudge. And there's a book about nudges. Um, and, and I'd love to be able to quickly reference it off the top of my head. But if, if you have a look on online, I'm sure if you type in nudges, you, you'll get there eventually. But that is exactly the idea of, you leave a positive nudge. So why do we use sat-nav in our cars? Because it's there. Um, no yes. one's telling me to use it, but it's there. So why wouldn't I use it? And I think that's the same thing. So sometimes if, if you show that these things are there and they help, that's a positive nudge that gets other people to kind of follow and think, well, yeah, why wouldn't I? It, it makes sense. You know, the use of video to, to see myself back or whatever it might be. So, yeah, good, good answers yeah. there, guys. Yeah. Let's move on to our final question. And the final question comes um, from uh, across the pond for us over this side uh, from Brendan Kelly. And let's take a listen to his question here. Hey, guys, this is uh, Brendan Kelly from Wisconsin. I just wanted to call in and say you guys are awesome. And I love hearing these chats. And also, it was a fantastic Apple EDU chat this week. I learned a lot about differentiation strategies and was able to do some purposeful self-reflection. Um, I guess my only question I have is, how have you guys seen iWork apps aid teachers in being able to differentiate their lessons for students? Okay, great. So thanks for that, Brendan. So how have we seen iWork apps um, as teachers aid differentiation for students? So kind of a personal reflection here. So Kurt, do you want to... Oh, yeah, I think we've done that? a few already. Um just looking at what ha- what's happening at, at Keynote now with motion pads, um, the shapes, video in it, exporting it as animated GIF, um, the ways of, of showing work um, with just that one app, and then the things that we've tried in numbers where we turn it into a, a free-flowing canvas yeah. with, with all of them in there, um, differentiating the, the whole design thinking routine and process and, and what we've been mentioning throughout the show now um, with pages and the table of content, and again, those updates, um, that will push it towards the differentiation. Yeah, I can must I, say, I'm, I'm going to mention I, one, one other thing on that. Sorry, Johan. Oh, that's all right. One other little thing is, is um, I go back to my son's book. He didn't want to record his voice, and he didn't want to record his video. So actually what he's put in there is his little uh, memojis. And that was kind of adding that personal touch. And he quite liked that that idea of it was his voice, but it was a funny little cartoony image of himself. And I think that, again, 
just allows that access to to students to do things in a slightly different way to take away the fear but he still gets across his point you know and they're more they're more con, uh, not concerned about it um, but more aware of of having their faces and, and yeah. voices and all of that on social media yeah. and, and yeah. Um, yeah. telling their parents not to uh, tag them or put their pictures on so that's a that's an incredible way and an example of doing that yeah. johan sorry i cut you off no i was just i was just uh, thinking when i heard that question i was just thinking of um asking you guys you three guys which app if you just can choose one app to put on your ipad which one would it be there he goes again asking a question at Matt's. Uh, session. I know. I'm going to let him get away with it this week. <laughs> okay, good. He, he, no, you like that time. question, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I keynote for me. Keynote straight away. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'd, I'd go with that. Yeah. It's so versatile. Versatile. So that's my so point. That's the point I was trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. Because so it that's does my so answer much more to the question. In it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And with the last things that they've done, even though you can put in uh, parts of, I like numbers in, in, in so many ways that you can do and expand it. Like you said, Kurt, um, mm -hmm. you made a good point about that, but you can still do part of it in, in Keynote. Um, so I think that's the, that answers the question in itself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would say like, Keynote, um, if you're not a, rock musician then you say garage band yeah what do you think martin yeah yeah i'd agree yeah i would say i was the exact same keynote is kind of becoming a uh more a, a sketchbook style thing but it's a, a something that lends itself to everything that you need to do so i think i don't think there's anything more to say about it than that i think that's no. pretty much sums it up guys i was i was a bit surprised though that you said keynote i thought you would say shortcuts <laughs> Okay, so before this gets nasty, uh, we'll just wrap up this section, guys. Thanks for your your answers, and um, Johan, thanks for your two questions. It has been noted. Uh, oh, sorry about that. We'll I have to call you. them in up front, Johan. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. Thanks, guys. That's a wrap already, again, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hosting this together with me. Um, how can they reach us if they have questions? Because we had questions with Matt. Uh, Martin, how can they reach you? Yeah, so they can follow me on Twitter. I'm at mcoots81, C-O-U-T-T-S. And can you tell us a little bit about that question and how they dial in to absolutely. Uh, be on the show? Yeah, absolutely. So using the, um, the Anchor iPhone app, if you go onto Anchor and you uh, tap the Listen tab down the bottom, do a search for last night recap you'll see a big white button that says voice message you tap it there's a big red button that then says record you record your message we get a notification and if you're lucky you can be like scott and brendan and get your um podcast yeah sorry your podcast question included as part of the show oh right? next next time i'm gonna actually send them in a question <laughs> so I'm, I'm properly I think yeah, so I, I don't do it like rogue like it's I do serious tonight. but not question <laughs> exactly that brings us to Matt because um, those questions are for Matt Matt how do they reach you they reach me so uh, if you get a pen and paper I'll just read out my account number and sort code for everybody <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I am on Twitter at uh, at Matt6453 M-A-T-6453 and then the one and only Mr. Anderson yeah, so it's double S on Anderson underscore edu. 
And that's the proper way of doing it, right, Johan? Definitely. And then you can find me at Mr. Kurt, M-E-E-S-T-E-R-K-U-R-T. And then all of us, if you have a question for the show, that's at last recap on Twitter. Thank you guys very much. Can I interrupt you one second, Kurt? I just one thing to say. One, I just want to say a huge thank you to the, the two guys that, that phoned in to leave us questions. Yes. But, but for one of them, uh, it was a special day for him today. He's a trainee teacher with me, but he actually got his first job today he was uh he was appointed um for his first job starting in september so scott congratulations congratulations, guys. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Guys. congrats and then johan you had some final words i think yeah i, I was just uh, before that i'm wondering what's happening next week in me and americas is that okay yeah that's even better okay so uh, if you take it away martin and kurt and i'll finish up before we say goodbye all right, That's Martin, right. you go first because you guys are starting earlier. Yeah, so uh, this week you've actually got um, the pleasure of myself and Rachel Smith uh, hosting a chat on uh, podcasting in the classroom. Um, that's going to be this Tuesday, April 16th at 8 p.m. UST. A podcast about podcasting. That's, yeah. That's going to be yeah, nice for us. <laughs> um, over here at the Americas one, it's going to be Katie Gardner. Um, who's worked on the literacy books, and um, Katie Manzanares. Um, and they're going to be talking about connecting learners to community resources. Um, and that's happening at the 8 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and that's on Tuesday, April 16, too. Sounds good. And I, I just want to say thank you for downloading this podcast. And if you like the show, please rate and review us. Listeners, comments, and ratings keep us high in the ranking so that new listeners can find us. Be sure to find us at Last Recap on Twitter for new, more news and podcasts. And um, that's it. All right. Thank you very much and hope to hear you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye, Thanks, everyone. Guys.